This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. So hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. Welcome to the Leading Second Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, This is a space we've created for for anyone who just wants to get it right for the kingdom, for your church, for your pastor. You want to grow. You want to get better at leading wherever God has placed you. Uh, My name is Clark, and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second. And I'm glad you've joined us. So glad you're here. We've got a great episode in store for you. Well, for this season of the podcast, we are proud to partner with Tithely uh, to bring awareness to a resource which begs this question, do you want to grow the generosity of your church? Then if you do, you have to make it convenient and easy to give. And Tithely offers free online giving tools that make it simple for your church members to tithe and make offerings. With Tithely, church members can give from their digital devices, and that includes mobile giving, text to give, and giving on a laptop or desktop computer. On average, churches who use Tithely uh, increase their giving by 165% year over year. To learn more about how you can use Tithely to grow generosity at your church, go to tithely.com. Well, for today's conversation, we're doing some rapid fire questions with Pastor Brandon and Lindsay, and we're calling it Ask Us Anything. So we're going to jump into various topics that I think you'll you'll really love, and we're joined by many of our favorite second chair leaders. So let's jump into the conversation today. Well, welcome to the Leading Second Podcast for an episode that we're calling Ask Us Anything. Our hope for today's conversation is that we would just have an organic conversation where we could bounce ideas back and forth and and have some fun, having some conversation with some high impact leaders. My name is Dylan Ritchie. I'm the ministry director down at Coast Life Church in Venice, Florida. And with us today, we have Pastor Lindsay and Brandon Stewart, Uh our fearless leaders of the Leading Second (laughs) podcast, Leading Second Ministry. Excited for you guys to be on the call today. How are you guys doing? I don't like when the tables get flipped on this. It's much easier to ask the questions than answer them. (laughs) Are you ready for this? Yeah. Bring it on. Awesome. And then also with us today, we've got Pastor Matt and Jen Martin down at an incredible church, North Rock Church in San Antonio. How are you guys doing? Hey, y'all. The best. Good. Good. Glad to be here. Excited for you guys to be on the call today. There is some wisdom down in North Rock, and we're excited to pull it out today. And then we've got Pastor John Haddo from Hillsong in Canada. How are you doing, Pastor John? Doing great. Yeah, really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, like we said, we're, we're going to have a conversation today. We've got some questions that we've prepared, but we're, we're just going to see we're going to see where this time goes. So I'm going to open up. I'm going to start the conversation. Today. I want to ask Pastor Brandon and Pastor Lindsay right up front. Let's have a conversation about family. You know, Pastor Lindsay, I know this is this is near and dear to your heart. I know, Pastor Brandon, this is something that you love 
um, that is a part of the ministry of leading second. So, so let's have the conversation. What is one piece of advice that you would give to a couple who are in ministry or church leadership together? First of all, I just have to say that John Haddo has the best voice yeah. of everybody on the podcast <laughs> today. He brings, he, I feel like it brings like a level of credibility just to have like I know. his accent and his deep British voice. British accent and it just goes a whole lot further. Like, <laughs> if, if we just gave him the, the phone book or a menu to read, this podcast would be smarter. <laughs> it's so true. Um, yeah, oh my gosh. You went right for the jugular, Dylan, because... I mean, I think you'd agree every conversation it feels like right now is ending up here. Yeah. Well, it's because it's a very like hot topic in society in general. I think family and ministry and all that is it's right at the forefront. So, yeah. And um, I think one thing I'm trying to help couples on is to, first of all, um, come out of hiding and and um, reject the hold that shame would try to have on your life if something's not mm. working at, at home. Um, we've all been there. And every person on this yeah. call has been there. And it's, it is known territory uh, for the best leaders. You, you could paint a whole lot of reasons for that, but it's, it's just, it's well-known territory. And yet, uh, in the kingdom, there's incredible stories and examples where God gave couples victory in ministry. And there, there, there's, there's incredible stories of God's faithfulness. So I would, I mean, the first thing is, if you need help, um, f- feel no shame and come out of hiding and get the help that you need in your marriage um, because it matters, and I think you'd you'd say this. I mean, we see this take leaders out. We see this affect couples all the time. Is there anything that you'd? I mean, you really talk about fighting for this in this area. Is there anything you'd want to yeah. say? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that that was that's a really good point. I what I was gonna say um, to that point is that I think that fighting for alignment in your marriage. That's how I like to put it, and I feel like. Um, I feel like I say this every single day in every single room I'm in, and I think I'm going to probably say it for the rest of my life because <laughs> I feel like this is one of the most important things is fighting for alignment in your marriage. We talk a lot about alignment with our pastors and um, what is alignment? It's agreement. It's being on the same page. It's um, you know making choices together. Um, and in your marriage, I think uh, alignment is something that sometimes we do like a set it and forget it type of a thing where we you know, we say, Hey, are we going to do this? Yes. And then we never go back to that conversation. We never revisit and things change. You have kids, you move, you take more responsibility and you never revisit the, 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 the conversation together of like, what are we carrying and how are we carrying it? And I think the longer you're in ministry and the, the more leadership you gain, the more important this conversation is because the weight gets heavier and the, the, um, risk is greater of, of you not being in alignment. Um, and so just like when, 
I mean, I don't know anything about this, but you have to go and get your car alignment fixed with the tires and all that. And sometimes it's pulling to one side and you got to go get that fixed. I don't know anything about that, but I do know something about the chiropractor. And I know that like when your spine isn't in alignment and it's out of whack, the rest of your body is not doing well. And so if you're with you and your spouse, having the conversations of like what's working and what's not and what we're doing right now and how, what do we need to change? Like how do we make it better so that we're on the same page? I think a lot of times, uh, you know, if one person's on staff and the other person isn't, it's a kind of a different conversation because you may have to, you have to say like, what do you need for me to make sure that we're on the same page? Um, you know, what, what do you need for me? Uh, you know, me being at home, how do I best communicate to you what, what's going on at home and how do you best communicate to me what's going on besides, at you, besides I just need a vacation. <laughs> Yeah, I do talk a lot about how I need some sun, which is just not fair because we live in Seattle and there's no sun here. <laughs> I think I think the rule we've come to is I need you to come out of your office and change the poopy diapers. I think that's what I've got from this last season is if you're not busy when a poopy diaper happens, I'm just if it's fair game. A, a specific call, then I don't know why you can't help with that. <laughs> So just boiling it all down. I just wanted to get real. That's that's where it. And we've, and we've that's where gotten, it came to. We've gotten on alignment. We're in alignment with that. No, I feel. we're not. <laughs> I'm gonna start faking Zoom calls in here. Just to... that is spoken like a parent that is living in the trenches right there. There is nothing more real than a poopy diaper example. Amen. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm living it too. I'm living it too. I've heard it said that uh, you know your 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 first ministry is your is your marriage is your family. Um, and I know that that ministry can get busy and sometimes we can actually prioritize the church ministry over the family ministry. Um, and that affects our spouses, right? That affects our children. So, so what have you found is useful for you guys when, when you've either found yourself leading into that space, or maybe you found yourself in that space, how do you recorrect yourself or realign yourself to your priorities of your family and and your marriage? Okay. So I'm going to vamp on an idea that is a little bit new to me, but I'm thinking a lot about right now. I It's not a new book, but I recently picked up Simon Sinek's book uh, called The Infinite Game. It's really intriguing me right now when it comes to leadership and asking this question, are you playing the right game? Because some people play what he calls the finite game and some people play the infinite game. And you know, the finite game is like you have a product that you're trying to take to market. The finite game is we need to get this product out to beat all the other products in, you know, that share of the market. You know, that that's playing the finite game. The infinite game is how do we bring a product to market that will help someone's life be better. And there's really no end to that game. But you can th- those two are two very different approaches to business. Well, let's let's talk about family for a minute. You can play the finite game. And look at your day or your week and go too much time at church, not enough time with my family or, I mean, you, you, you can get down at that place and play that game or you can establish a culture in your home that's playing the infinite game that's saying, how, how do I set up a culture in our home that supports ministry and, and supports my, my family, my spouse, my children, experiencing love over time. 
you know, I, I guess I, I'm I'm constantly amazed at God's grace to families that play the the right game and, and and play with an eternal, you know, perspective in ministry. I mean, think about it, you guys. My my personal travel schedule for ministry goes up and down, but it's no fewer than 150 days a year, sometimes up to 250 days a year. I mean, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's 11, she's had countless nights, countless nights of dad away. But she's 11, and uh, she's about ready to leave children's ministry at our church. And she was talking to me. She's like, I don't want to leave. She's like, I want to be there. She's like, can I start serving? And I was like, absolutely, you can serve. I said, you got to go through Church Essentials, which is our you know growth track, our membership class. And I was like, you got to go through Church Essentials. So guess who's been in Church Essentials the last two weeks while we've been traveling and gone? Yeah. And I, it's, it's striking to me. She has every reason, every reason to add up. You know, ministry took my parents away, ministry. But, but like, we're trying to play a different game with her. And I hope that's making sense today because it's, it's, it's super fresh in me. But, like, I really think you can win in this. I think you have to play an eternal game and set up a culture for the long haul rather than get so finite and microscopic on, you know, I mean, we need to, we need to monitor things. But I think we need to realize that um, if we can elevate our kids out of the finite into the infinite and, and eternal, maybe in our vernacular, and, and help connect them to significance and purpose, Jesus is well able to make up the gaps for them. And he's well able to call them and draw him them to himself um, more than we can. Yeah, that's great. And I love it because I feel like relationships are so, they're so interconnected to what we do in ministry, right? We're in the people business, some would say. Um, so relationships are so important. So we, we've talked about the marriage relationship a little bit. We've talked about the relationship with our children a little bit. I want to switch gears a little a little bit because Pastor Jen had a question where she's talking about the relationship between peers um, and what that can look like in the ministry space. So Pastor Jen, you want to lab your question out there for us? Yeah, sure. Um, so this question came um, from a conversation that I was having with one of our staff members. And the question was, how do I lead my peers without feeling like I have to get my direct report or my senior pastors involved. Basically, how do I have a voice without having to play the mom and dad card, you know, the mom and dad said card um, or, or, you know, using someone's name above me. Um, so I thought that this was a fabulous question and I would love to hear your response. I'd love to hear your response. So you're probably the one I would call about this. <laughs> I mean, but don't, I mean, weigh in for a second, Matt and Jen, you're officially the elders on the call um, today. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I had to throw that in there. Don't you think that anytime we have to invoke pastor said, don't you think we've mm -hmm. lost uh, to a degree? I mean, what what do you think about that? Because I, I, I often think, okay, every once in a while, Maybe, but if I have to lean into that, I've, I've somehow not established my authority, credibility. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Because I, I, I try to avoid that moment. Like the play, we can give an answer in a second, but what do you, what do y'all think about that moment? 
Yeah. I mean, obviously I have thoughts on this uh, when, when, when I was thinking about it. And um, I think some of this is you don't get until there has been proven trust and that can't happen until time has passed. And so um, Mm. sometimes, you know, as a leader, when we, when we, maybe when we come into a new role and we're all of a sudden sitting at a table with high capacity peers, we have all these ideas and thoughts and, and changes we want to make. Um, but we haven't been, you don't have the bandwidth there to go in and make major ripples and changes because trust hasn't been earned yet. And so sometimes you just have to bide your time and let them learn to trust you and the small things, just, just start making gradual changes in your own lane and your own department. And doing that over time gives you trust to be able to bring up the bigger, the bigger conversations. And um, I will say though, sometimes this is hard to do if whoever you want to call mom and dad, your pastors, your direct report, for me and Matt, sometimes it is me and Matt. This is very hard for our leaders below us to do. I'm talking to I'm talking to the campus pastors right now, the executive pastors. It's very hard for those under us to make decisions and be empowered to have a voice if we don't leave the room. And so as the as the mm-hmm. executive pastor, as the campus pastor, as the lead pastor, sometimes when we get out of the way and get out of the room, they are able to elevate their voice and speak into spaces that they couldn't if we were in the room. They wouldn't feel empowered to do that. Um, I was just going to lower the bar because she's always so much smarter than I am when she talks. So I think of, I think of a painting the picture like this. Um, when you're a new leader, you, you are leading with someone else's authority because you, you were brought in by the direct reporter, by the senior pastor. So you, for, there is a season where you're leading under someone else's authority. You can say all of it, but they know you just got here, man. Uh, you know, we're going to wait and see how this shakes out over time. Like Jennifer said, you lead with your your own authority. But I, I think of it as uh, kind of using a family analogy that I, we have two boys. Now they're eight years apart because we plan things really well. And um, so that we had a unique dynamic. But when our oldest, Blake, when he was you know, 11 or 12 and Brady was, you know, three or four, he would go tell Brady, Hey, mom and dad said don't or do or move or whatever. But now Blake is 24 and Brady is 16 and Brady and Blake has a voice in Brady's life that has nothing to do with mom and dad. It was so kind of what she was saying. And so we just have to kind of think of it in that way as well of, yeah, it's going to take some time. And, it, and it's going to take Blake has proven himself as the older sibling. And so Brady listens to him just and he doesn't come ask me or Jen and say, hey, Blake said, what about? No, he's like, we find out way later. Hey, Blake said, and this is what I did. And, and so I'm seeing a positive influence. I think some of that translates very, very well into into church leadership as well. Don't you think, too, like if I could just lower the bar even more? Uh, <laughs> um I think you have to kind of focus on like, how are you leading? So are you leading with vision and with encouragement or are you just leading with like task and, you know, so like, are you, 
like if you're trying to get somebody to do something, if you're you're talking to them and you're saying, well, we just need to get this done or this needs to happen or like, or are you saying like, here's why we're doing this and this is how this is going to move the church forward or this is why this is going to make our department better or, you know, like that's a much more encouraging way to learn. Like if, if I'm friends with someone and I'm saying we just have to do this, like it's not, it's kind of yep. low yep. bar, right? Versus well, really encouraging or inspiring them in, in the vision on why, why are we even doing this? Yeah. And we're supposed to represent that vision. Um, let me lower the bar even more. I guess this is just what we're doing here is like, like, let's just, let's just get it even lower. Okay. How low can you go? Let's, let's just talk about the, the absolute starting place for your developing authority, especially if you're a new leader in a role is just how you carry yourself. Like I would be going all the way down to, am I a leader that others can follow? Like, yeah. like how do I, do I show up to meetings on time? How do I carry myself in, great. in those That's moments? Great. You know, I don't, I don't, you've got to dress up every day, but do you look great. excellent? Are you in, are you intentional? So, I mean, I, <laughs> if you're struggling in this, sometimes you got to back all the way up and just c- could someone even follow me? Now, now we can get into all kinds of trouble with that, but, but maybe, maybe someone listening, maybe there's, there's a little thing that's hanging you up. People don't want to listen to you on the big thing, uh, because they're still struggling over the little thing, uh, in your life right now. Let me just paint this target though. Bottom line for second chair leaders. Bottom line is our pastor's vision has to be our vision. Bottom line. And so it's. At first, it's not about can I get the team to like my idea, follow my idea, catch my vision. Lindsay's on to something with vision here, but at the end of the day, the vision is about the vision of the house, you know, and it's about, and and I think you really, if you can fine tune your ability to speak on behalf of your pastor and carry vision on behalf of your pastor, eventually people will probably pull your uniqueness out of you. But I just think that's way later in the game. You know, I I, I think this is an area I, I worked at. I think this is an area I started winning at later in my staff time at my, my home church was I think I just became a known person that that I got us as close to the vision as I could. I tried. I, I, I really gave it effort. And so that's that's the target in the second chair is my pastor's vision my vision. It's not to get them to follow me. It's to get them to follow our Great. pastor. And I'm going to facilitate mm-hmm. that. Good. Really good, Pastor Brennan. And we're, we're talking about, like you said, being a leader that others want to follow. Right. If, you, if you're not somebody, I, I've heard it said that if, if you're leading and no one's following, you're just out for a walk. Right. So it's about being a leader that others want to follow. And Pastor Matt, you had a great question. Um, that you wanted to talk through today. I, I want to spend some time on it around the idea of your, your non-negotiables personally. Do you love that question out there for us? Yeah. So the question here would be, what are some things that are non-negoti- non-negotiable for you personally that help you to be a more effective leader professionally? Kind of the, the, the private, the private side that makes the public side work. And uh, what does that look like for you? I was just thinking today, I went out for a prayer walk this morning. Um, the day we're recording this, we are, 
Lindsay and I are both a little jet lagged and I needed to kind of wake up and get the, get the cobwebs out and such. Um, I was thinking about character. I was thinking about how kind God is, you know, first of all, to deal with us privately with character issues, but there, there is a point to which, um, character issues need to be dealt with, Mm. you know, because they will affect us publicly. And I don't believe, I don't believe, you know, God's first play is to out us on every little flaw. And there's so much grace for us as leaders, but at some point, um, those things, he'll call for those things, Uh, you know, or at some place like Moses, I was thinking of Moses today, Moses didn't enter the promised land and there, there was a flaw that showed up. And, and it affected God's people. It affected people around him. And um, so I think what you're talking about is, is such a brilliant question. Maybe I'll, I'll kind of give a, you know, a couple thoughts on maybe what we're working on right now. But I, I really think that it's important for leaders to consistently take time to answer this question. Like consistently pray the prayer, Holy Spirit, search yeah. my heart. You know, show me the the ways in me that are in error. I'll tell you another little thing that I've been doing recently um, is I I saw online, we should post it somewhere. I saw online a list of all the biblical qualifications to lead. You know, there's different places they're Mm -hmm. mentioned in the epistles. Um, Pastor Frank DiMaggio, brilliant pastor, leader, I highly respect um, he combined, compiled the whole, you know, all the lists into kind of one giant list. There's about 21 things. Wow. And I actually took it from his Instagram, copied it, put it in a doc. And I actually look over it often. I actually, I, I keep it in front of myself. And I, that's Great. the prayer I pray is Holy spirit. Would you highlight the one of these right now that needs the most work in me? Like way. And, and I feel like, I feel like if we're going to lead, that's the standard we need to call ourselves to. And the, the funny thing is, you know, the, the, you know, one of them, of course, that, that you find in like first Timothy is living above reproach. You know, of course that one's going to get a lot of airtime, but there's, there's a lot to that list there. One of the biblical qualifications is being hospitable. Like, are you hospitable to people, people in your home? Yeah. Like, you know, what, what if it's not as major as, as, Maybe you're doing good in your marriage and in your private life, but your 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 character, you know, you're you're alone mm. right now. You're leading like a lone ranger, you know, you're and like and a jerk to people like yeah, or you're a jerk that are parking your car or making your coffee or yeah, like you <laughs> like, know, like I, that's, I, it's simple, but like, are you a jerk when you're at Target? Like, right. <laughs> so my my answer my answer for you is maybe a little bit underneath your the answer cuz i think that what i'm saying is that target's been mm-hmm. changing for me but that's the list i'm going back to that's the place of evaluation that i'm trying to get to i'll just be honest like when i'm traveling or getting ready for the day or whatever i can get focused i can get short i can get like gruff or you know, whatever, I can get snippy, like be, because I'm I'm on I'm serving Christ today, you know, I'm on mission. I'm busy doing the, <laughs> leave me alone. I'm trying to 
trying to represent why Christ that, here. Why is that TSA guy looking through my suitcase? I'm just trying oh to. Oh my gosh. I about, oh, I about let a TSA guy have it the other day. Stop that. Don't do that to me. Um, I was like, it's just a pimple. Let him look at it. We can go. Stop. Who invited you? Um, I think one of the things but, you're bringing up, though, is, is I think it's important and, and for leaders and, I, you know, really for everyone at some point to write some things down mm. to say, these are my non-negotiables. Yeah. And it's yeah. a living document. Like you said, it, it's the with age and stage of life. There are things that I have written down in some of the, the hardest or darkest seasons of my life as I was trying to, to come out of, of my own issues, really, that are still on that list. There are things that are not as relevant because I'm in this season where I'm healthy now. Mm. But there are things that were on that list that will be with me for the rest of my life because it's just a non-negotiable. I'm just not going to allow myself to get there. So I would encourage any leader listening today, kind of what, what Brandon was talking about, find, find a list, find your 10 things, your 21 things, your four things, and start it and make it a living document because it, it will save you. I agree with that. Yeah. And so, you know, where, where the place of conviction that brought me to was... Um, you know, I've really, I don't do it all, of course, perfectly as Lindsay's graciously pointing out, you know, but I'm, you know, I've really stopped and tried to ask a barista or, you know, someone I'm interacting with, even if it's five seconds, 10 seconds, 30, a minute, you know, how, how are you doing today or how's your day? And yeah, 99 times out of 100, they're going to say, I'm good. They're going to say whatever. The point is not to have a long conversation. The point is I'm trying just in seconds to communicate. You know what? Thank you. Great. And you matter to me today. And I ju you just don't know where that can go. And I guess that was just, it's a little example of like a biblical qualification, ho hospitable. Okay. So like am I, am, I, am, I, am I showing hospitality in every service, you know, in, in every moment. So my, my answer to you is maybe not the answer you were looking for, but, but I like, I'm going back to that list constantly right now. Okay. And that's if, if like, I'll never get there. None of us will ever get there. But like, what if I could get there for a day and feel like I'm winning mm. in all 21, you know, like that would just be, that would be such a target for me right now. That's great. Our pastor always says, my spirit, my responsibility. And the leaders that more often I'm willing to follow, I'm sure most of you are willing to follow, are are the ones that take personal responsibility. They're not blaming other people. They're not complaining about the team. They're saying, my team, my responsibility, my spirit, my responsibility, and they're taking ownership. Ownership, I think, is just such a beautiful trait in a leader. The reality is, is that we can say, my spirit, my responsibility, we can take ownership, but seasons get hard. And sometimes we take our finger off the pulse. Sometimes we're not as good at measuring where we're at personally um, than maybe we are in other seasons. And, and I love your question, Pastor John, that you put um, talking about rhythms or habits of renewal. So let's talk about that for a moment. Could you lob that question out there? Yeah. So I, I obviously, you know, Brandon and Lindsay, you guys travel a lot. You've mentioned already, right? Like the, you're, you're on the road 150 plus days a year. Um, what are, what are some of those rhythms of renewal that you guys have really put in place, right? I mean, obviously individually, but also as a couple that that you feel like are safeguarding you in some of those areas where 
you know, maybe you're working through that list, right, of, of different things. Um, yeah, and, and especially, especially when it comes to a lot of us as leaders, we have inconsistent schedules, right? There can be things, there can be busy seasons. So what does that look like for you to really fight for those and, and what are those most habits look like? My favorite, um, <laughs> one of my favorite coaching um, pieces of advice I ever gave was to you, John. Um, we were t- back in the day years ago, one of those coaching groups that you were on in the early leading second days and talked a lot about my prayer walks. And it's, you live in like Toronto, you have like the worst winters of anybody, you know? And I ramped you up so much to have a prayer walk. I just remember you getting a, like a picture from you one morning. You're like a parka with like the fur around you. Yeah, face. it was a cold day. It it's was blowing a, it snow. Was a very, very cold day. I, I, admit, I quit on that day. I went home. That's it. <laughs> hey, it's one thing for one thing for Dylan to do a prayer walk in Florida, but John John's a hero <laughs> for Christ. Uh, he. he, he yeah, we don't want to hear about it. Um, you know, <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, maybe maybe that wasn't the right coaching uh, recommendation. I don't know. I don't know if that was really the right one. <laughs> um, what do you want to say? Rhythms, rhythms of renewal. What are you doing? Well, I mean, you were up early today. I was up early today on a jet lag day. On a jet. Well, that's why I was up early. I think, um, but. I think, you know, we've talked about finding the way that you recharge yourself and, you know, you can't neglect your person. Um, if you want to go far, if you want to be in leadership for a long time, like, and I think, you know, I had people telling me this when I was 20 and when I was 30 and I'm starting to finally listen when I'm 40, (laughs) but, um, you know, you, you have to figure out how to recharge yourself. Um, what, what, um, and maybe you can define, I don't remember the words, but maybe you can define like what that is a little bit better. Like for me, it's physical activity. And, um, I actually have to expend energy to gain energy. So if I want to have a good day, I want to have energy for the day. I want to have a clear mind. I want to be engaged with my family. I want to be able to record a podcast and do this and do that. All the things I have to get a workout in. If I don't, I am a lazy bum. I bum through my day and it's, it's become such a stark difference for me that like, I, even on the days where I really don't want to, I still have to get up and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm definitely not perfect at this, but this is where I'm, I'm really pushing myself to do and why, like I got up this, you know, we crawled into bed at one o'clock this morning and I got up and did my, my ride early this morning because I, I knew if I, if I do that, I'll be focused. If I do that, I'll have a good day. I'll be able to actually do the things I need to do. Um, if I stay in bed, it might feel good in the morning, but I'm not going to be focused. And I do think that also when you start to put certain things into place in your life, it makes other things easy to fall in line. So my brain is always like, I've got these 10 things that I need to fix. And so I try to fix them all at the same time. And and then I get overwhelmed and then I'm like, well, whatever, yeah. like that's just not going to, uh, now I'm just done because I, I messed up and I'm going to go eat a cookie. <laughs> and so what I'm realizing is like, you need to get one 
and really like hone in on that. And when you get that done, then like it makes it easier for us to now get another thing done. So and then I know that's probably personality specific, but I think sometimes we try so hard to get everything right and and be right on in all these areas that like the wheels fall off because we're just trying so hard to hold it all together. Yeah. And what what she's referring to really fast, the four, you know, the four ways people recharge. Um, I, I hijacked this from like membership class. We used to teach like way back in the day, the like, know Thank yourself you, session. <laughs> I just have kind of rocked this. Thank you, Pastor Sheila Gerald for this. Um, I've heard it said that, that some people recharge through physical activity. Some people recharge, recharge through uh, social time. So groups of six, eight plus, uh, some people recharge through personal time, which would be groups of four or less, like the, the closest people to you. And then some people recharge with private time, uh, which is you, you yourself and you and the Lord. And I, when I learned that I was a mix of physical activity and private time, that's when the game changed for me, hence the prayer walks, because that was the that was where the two intersected. And um, so but knowing the point is knowing that about yourself and then making sure that's regularly a part of your schedule. Here's what I'd say really fast about full seasons, inconsistent schedules. Here's the wisdom I've heard shared about schedule all the way from like sleep training your kid all the way up to managing a full schedule as an adult. The whole point of a schedule is, first of all, to have one like like have have a target. For, for, for the rhythms that you want to have in your life. Have have it down. No, like this is how I win today. This If I do all these things, um, that I will get to the end of the day and I can, I can lay my head down on the pillow and say, I, I won today. Realize too, never, ever, not one day ever will you ever do it. <laughs> the, the, the point isn't, the point isn't to be perfect. It's not to have it perfect. It's, 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 it's perfect not, it's not yeah. to be perfect. No, no person with any amount of ambition, drive, workload <laughs> is ever going right. to have a perfect day. So don't beat yourself up. You'll, you'll never achieve it. But the, the whole point is, yeah. you know how to win and you start every day as if I'm going to win. And I just think there's something, there, there's a contentment to that. That gets us out of this. My God, I, I, you know, my, my life's like, like Lindsay's saying, start with a couple things and then build. And if it's, if it's making your bed, if it's washing your face, if it's 10 pushups, if it's like, wh right. what is the one thing you can wake up and do in the morning to start that pattern? But just realize once you set your dashboard, you know, once you set your day, you're never going to hit it. But that wasn't the point. The point is that you know how to win and you give every day the intentionality that it deserves. So good. That's great, Pastor Brandon. And, we, and we've talked a lot today. We've talked relationships. We've talked leadership. We've talked personal or self-care um, like we do on the podcast, Pastor Brandon. I just want to give you a moment. Um, any area of the conversation today, the overall conversation today, would you just take a moment? Would you minister to second chair leaders around the world? Can I? Let me just say one thing first. Uh, before the words of wisdom uh, in the, the end. I need to, um, we need to have a little conversation about sarcasm in our ministry, our marriage. Uh, we're in alignment there, trust me. Um, I think one thing to realize, especially when you're talking about rhythms and, and just being in ministry in general, um, your life is going to look a lot different than maybe your friends that aren't in ministry or in, you know, 
full-time, like focused, giving it your all ministry. And sometimes that requires you to make different sacrifices than people are going to make. Sometimes the choices you make look different. Um, sometimes, uh, the way your family runs is going to be different. And I feel like, you know, when we're talking about rhythms and, you know, you're not going to be able to just like Google, like what's a great family rhythm and, and follow what, you know, or what your neighbor's doing or what your even your best friend yeah. is doing. And I feel like we have to come to a, a place where we're okay with the fact that like, yeah. I, I, I'm creating this, this life that God's asked me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm building my family around this call that we have. And that's going to require some things that are going to look a little strange. They're going to look a little different to some people, but I know that this is what we have to do to move the, the, the needle forward and, and do what God has asked us to do. And I just feel like sometimes it can be uncomfortable. And if you can get used to sitting in that and being like, I, we may have to make different decisions. We may not be able to go to every party that people go to or every this or that, like, whatever the decisions are that you have to make for your family, but just be okay with the fact that it may look different, but, but know that like, I mean, we all, our life looks very different than a lot of our friends and the friends that we have that are good friends are the friends that they may not have the same life as us, but they can understand and they can hang with that. And so find the people that are, you know, that are going to champion that in you and encourage that in you. And the people that don't understand it, we, you know, we can pray for yeah. them. <laughs> well said. I think maybe you should just get Great. the final word. Um, but I'm going to. Uh, Dylan, I think just to land the plane today. There it is. <laughs> I learned in COVID, I'm a land the playing guy. Um, I would just say, make sure you're playing the right game. Um, like this podcast today, if I was playing the finite game, um, I would have done this podcast for clickbait to have a lot of views, to try to get 10 new Instagram followers for the minutes. I mean, you know, you know, that's slow hanging fruit guys. Um, or I can do this podcast today to build the kingdom. And Great. like we prayed before we pushed recording, record today, you didn't hear us pray for you, but we prayed for you. And we prayed that this conversation would find its way to the heart that needs it today. And there will be no kickback to the ministry today because of that. But we're not playing that game. Like we're playing the eternal game here. Um, we're, we're in this for something so much bigger. And I would just say, make sure you're playing the right game in ministry don't don't be in this thing for the next promotion or you know the next speaking opportunity <laughs> or the next honorarium or the next don't don't do that don't don't take god's kingdom down to that place um we're church builders and and we're building the church and if if you'll if you'll keep your heart in that place um you're just going to see jesus use you beyond what you can imagine. He's going to refresh you. He's going to sustain it in you. Um, I'm so proud that our little gamble 11 years ago, you know, when I lost my job at the church, um, but we felt called to help the capital C church. I'm just, I'm so proud it's made it. I'm so, it felt so we had, we had, we, we could have played the finite game then we could have been about the next paycheck, the next, this, the next, that. But I really do think we had, we had that perspective um, in mind from day one, and I will just tell you, God has sustained it. That's what he does, and he'll do it for you. 
in, in your context. So just make sure, make sure you're playing the right game and make sure um, we're in this thing for the right reasons. Thanks, Pastor Brandon. Thanks y'all for being on the call today. We love you guys so much. Brilliance on this call. I love each of you. Thank you guys for your questions and thoughts today. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.